This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, December 28th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part three of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Uh, I mentioned that it's $550 billion, and of that, um, we understand that around $65 billion is going straight into that power and grid sector. Um, and I can break these down um, a little bit later in our conversation. But for now, what's most important to remember is that this is new money for resiliency, reliability to address the outages, um, the drought, resilience, all of these other issues that have been um, plaguing our nation with the intensity and severity of climate change. Awesome. Thank you for that, Mona. And and Pat, I guess I, following that, I'll turn it over to you. Why, why is this bill so important to our power grid? And what are some of the benefits of this upgraded grid? I think this bill's primary importance is the scope. There aren't very many people within the power industry that don't know what we have to do and actually how we have to do it. There have been presentations at our various PUCs for a number of years on what will happen as we get higher and higher percentage of renewables. We knew there was instability coming. What we didn't design for necessarily was the sudden change of these weather events. So that's really what's really important is that this is a a problem that stretches across the United States. So a small scope project couldn't handle it. You know, you can build a new power station in areas where you need power and dispatchable power, but then you have to deal with the environmental issues of that. And that's a fairly, uh, I won't say distracting, but it's a fairly significant uh, project. On the other hand, if we looked at the whole thing in totality, we can see how these things all influence and affect each other. In addition to the three things I named on the grid itself, and Mona brings up a very good point, is that it's connected to water, to sewer, to transportation. I mean, if you decide you're going to charge a million cars in the San Francisco Bay Area, the question comes in, where do you get the where do you get the power? And how do you get the power into the batteries that the cars need. This is a very large scope project. So what's really gonna happen, and we see it happening already, is that we're going to be upgrading the intelligence of the grid. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Refineries across the U.S. are soldiering on amid last week's blast of brutal winter weather. Oil futures briefly rallied to three-week highs amid a spate of temporary shutdowns and reduced run rates, but long-term projects and routine maintenance schedules seem largely unaffected. Industrial Info is tracking more than 50 maintenance-related projects at refineries across the U.S. that are set to kick off from January through March, led by top-tier companies. 
those looking for additional natural gas molecules from the United States will have to wait until mid-January because of necessary bureaucracy, Freeport LNG said, though export volumes continue to rise. Freeport closed its three-train facility in Texas in June following an explosion triggered by a pipeline failure. The two billion cubic feet per day from Freeport represented about 17 percent of total U.S. LNG capacity at the time of the closure. And the European Union has struck a deal with member states to introduce a carbon dioxide emissions tax on imports of polluting products, including cement, iron and steel, aluminum, fertilizers, electricity, and hydrogen. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.